can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. I'm going to tell you a quick funny thing that one of my customers said to me today. Are you ready? It's hilarious. Just sure. laughing for hours. Okay. It'll be, it'll be quick. I promise. Okay. Sure. So I had some problems trying to find a leak and we had a really bad experience with a leak detection company who kept telling me it was evaporation. That's a whole separate episode. So I spoke to the homeowner today and I was like, you know, I just think the guy didn't really know what he was doing. He's a nice guy and everything. I mean, he was a great person. And he interrupted me and he said, who cares? My mom's a great person, but I would not hire her to do a leak detection. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I know. I was like, I was trying not to That's talk. That's what you say when you're trying to be nice. Shit about this guy. He's like, oh, yeah, I get it. But, you know, and I'm like, you're right, though. The problem with him is he is not perfect right now i happen to be surrounded by perfect because andrea were you not at the perfect pool girl back in 2008 that's true 18 <laughs> 2018 i'm not that old <laughs> so do you, lose, do you lose some of your perfection as the years go on it feels like it i mean yeah if you're not going you know if you're not keeping it up keeping up with it it definitely wears out but anyway congratulations to both of you it's super awesome thank you thanks we have more perfection here than just the normal we interrupt this podcast with breaking news holy crap pool corp announces that they're acquiring porpoise pool and patio that includes their subsidiaries sun wholesale supply and pinch a penny this gives the distribution giant both a retail outlet and keep in mind a lot of these stores also offer swimming pool service i know this is going to be a hot topic in the industry for quite some time 260 independently owned stores franchised in florida texas louisiana Alabama and Georgia. Just when you thought there was nothing left for anybody to gobble up with all the acquisitions that have been going on, Poolcore steps up to the plate, and I bet you it surprises the shit out of everyone. This seems to be the trend for the fall of 2021 in a pandemic era, gobbling up competition just like a Pac-Man running across the board. That SCP won't let me be, won't let me be me, or so I see. This should be a done deal by the end of the year. And again, pinch a penny. Now a subscription Considerary of Pool Core. Now we go back to our regularly scheduled episode. So we have Kristen Mello and we have Michael Baker. Do you know who they are? They are the winners of this year's Perfect Pool Gal, Perfect Pool Guy contest that Pleatco puts on every year. So every year there's a nationwide search for the perfect pool gal, the perfect pool guy. And this year, 2021, Michael Baker out of Tucson, right? Tucson, Mike? Correct, yep. And Kristen, you're located where? Somerville, South Carolina. What do you think, Andrea? 
Uh, I think it's awesome. Like I said, welcome. Thanks for being on the show. Congratulations. I think it's great. You know what it's like to be in their shoes, though. This is just this just was announced. They only when did you guys find out? Last week. Um, was it last yeah, week? Yeah, I think last week. Mm-hmm. It's yep. like Thursday, Friday, something. So they only have a they're only a few days into this. That's awesome. I fell down when I found out that I won. Like literally, I tripped. <laughs> yeah, it's. It still feels like a dream. Uh, when my wife heard that, uh, yeah, I was uh, uh, voted perfect pool guy uh, 2021. Yeah, she was extremely excited, uh, jumping up and down. Um, didn't even know it was happening. So, yeah, she was very excited. <laughs> he laughed and he said that he doesn't doubt it. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of interviews. You're going to get a lot of questions. Folks are going to ask you where you're, where you're from, how you ended up in the industry, what you did before the industry, what you do that makes you perfect. So I just want to know, are you guys nervous? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, speeches. Yes. So yeah, hopefully no speeches. Absolutely. (laughs) We've had that conversation. No speeches. We We do not want to do speeches. No. Andrea, are there any speeches involved? There's no speech, but you do have to make a video. Okay. Uh, okay. As long as they can edit it. Yeah. Can, as long. Oh yeah. They ed- so. And bleep out the swear words. That's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. It's great. Are you guys going to the Dallas show? That's the award ceremony, right? We are. Yes. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's when it is. Yeah. So you'll meet Batista. You'll meet the others. Um, he's gonna film you. He's gonna walk you through everything. He's got the credit card, so you can go get drinks from the bar. Um, but yeah. So be prepared to do a video. Uh, and then they're going to show it when they present you with your award at the dinner. So just be aware of that. It, that was super stressful for me because I had no idea that was. Yeah, but how happen. cool is that, though, to be recognized? It's awesome. How many years have you been in the industry? It'll be four in January. Four years. Michael? Uh, about 15. Both of you got quite a few seasons under your belt. I, congratulations. That's the big thing that I wanted to say. I'm happy to have you both here with us. If you have any questions about what to expect, let me know other than what I just said. Why don't you just tell us what to expect? What happens after, right? You get your award. What happens after the award? I mean, do you fall from grace like, or and nobody remembers you? Do things come up from time to time? Do they say, hey, we need you? Is there a pool gal rally or something that you go to? What are we supposed to wear? Okay, so what to wear? They will give you a shirt. They'll give you a, it's a collared uh like a polo kind of thing with their logo on it. I wore black jeans. Um, My legs haven't seen the sun in four years. There's no way I could wear shorts. It's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, no, there's no way. <laughs> I have a permanent shorts tan line, so yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just they're, they're going to give you a shirt. I picked black jeans. It was the easiest thing. Uh, so you'll go to the pool show. You're, they'll have you walk around. You can do whatever you want. They'll have you meet at their Pleatco booth at whatever time they present you with your award. They go through like everybody that won, uh, whichever category, you know, I mean, I think I just said like, thanks to everybody who voted for me. They don't want like a speech speech. Okay. That's not too bad. They have a major difference though, from what you experienced. In fact, they have a major difference from what everyone well, the prize is definitely different. The is prize package is super different. <laughs> it's better now? Well, it's you, better they now. have a lot more backing it than there has ever been in prior years because we know 
I mean, some there's been a change over there at Pleco in the last couple of weeks. Pentera bottom. Pentera. It's Pentera, right? Pentera bottom. Yeah. It is now Pentera. So this is the first official Pentera. Pleco by Pentera. Yes. Right? Perfect pool guy, gal. Pentera by Pleco? No, no, Pico by Pantera. Pico by Pantera is what I would think it is, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So, that's going to be a big deal. This is going to be a big thing. So, I'm thinking that they're going to promote the heck out of it. Maybe you will have to make a speech. I think Kristen has to change to Pantera now. Kristen has to change her product line to Pantera. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a master service provider. Pantera? I'm VIP for Pantera. I'm VIP in a way. Oh, okay. Okay, good. You're talking about Hayward the other day. I'm a master service. I'm I'm both. I've crossed the lines over. There is a cyanuric acid shortage looming on the horizon. When we return, Kristen and Michael share their thoughts on what this could mean for pool pros and pool owners in 2022. Will Poolmageddon continue? You won't believe what they have to say. Anyway, cyanuric acid, long history, came about in 1829. That's when this stuff first came about. This guy, Friedrich Wooler, he, he started experimenting with heating Pee-pee. urea. Ure- yeah, urea and uric acid. So when you urinate, you do. That's so weird. Like, was he just like walking around with a heat gun looking for puddles of piss? I don't get it. This is why. This is why I'll never be on Shark Tank, because I don't think that way, right? Who thinks, oh, look, Urea, let's heat that up and see what happens. That's what I'm saying. I don't get it. But no, that's not what he did. It was actually the year prior, the year prior to that, he developed a means of producing synthetic urea. So it's manufactured urea that he came up with. It happened to be just a year prior. And there's a lot of rumor out there that states that this guy stumbled onto cyanuric acid by accident, that it wasn't a planned experiment, that he just happened to fall into it. He creates the urea the year before. The next year, boom. 127 years after that, some guy says, hey, you know what? I'm going to take this byproduct of the heat degradation of urea. I'm going to throw it in a swimming pool and see what happens. And what they found was, you guys know, that it protects... To just throw it in a swimming pool. That's why I need backstories. (laughs) Yeah. So they find out that this stuff provides UV protection for hypochlorous acid, which we know is the killing form of chlorine. I've heard that before. I mean, a lot of people think that, okay, well, the cyanuric acid bonds to the chlorine and then it's just stuck there. And that's just how it is. And they float around together like they're, you know, Siamese chemicals. Uh, well, I heard that the cyanuric acid bonds. You heard that it was like Siamese chemicals? I don't know. You just said it, and I went with what you said. Is that even politically? I'm sure it's fine. I don't know. Is that a politically correct term nowadays? I mean, do I need to apologize to the people in Siam? I don't know. That's a different show, Rody. I've heard that the cyanuric acid bonds with the chlorine, and it leaves, and then it's the chlorine is stuck to the CYA and can't do anything. That's that's the explanation I've heard. And that's bullshit, because what really happens... I was going to say, I don't necessarily enjoy it. Totally bullshit. Don't enjoy it. Don't listen to that person anymore. In fact, next time that they go to talk to you, just smack them in the face. This is what happens. <laughs> Imagine yourself at the top of a skyscraper, and you're looking down, and there's this crowd of, like, 100 people. And they're all walking around milling about, right? There happens to be 
50 umbrellas amongst the people in this crowd. And as they're walking around, they hand them off to one another, continually handing them off, continually handing them off. That's what happens with cyanuric acid and hypochlorous acid. It's only attached to the cyanuric acid for a very, very short time. So as you're looking down on that crowd, watching these umbrellas get passed around, that would be similar. And then just continually from person to person to person, the cyanuric acid does the same thing. So it never stays attached. Now we could add more umbrellas, but they're still going to continue passing those umbrellas around. Nothing ever sticks to it. There's no such thing as chlorine lock. Somebody made that up. Just f with people. I agree. Chlorine lock is totally mythical. So it doesn't stop it. It doesn't stick to it, but it slows it down. And you just have to put more chlorine. Yes. The, the biggest problem is that we just have to slowly increase chlorine levels, you know, as more and more cyanuric acid levels added to the pool. So obviously, uh, most people know that math, 7.5% of your cyanuric acid needs to be your chlorine levels. So um, we understand that. Um, all of our techs understand that because we're using LSI at every single stop. Michael said LSI, this is not a bad word or something you can contract from a toilet seat. LSI is a means of determining water balance. LSI stands for Langlier Saturation Index. This calculation is done to ensure the water in the pool is not corrosive or scale forming. Um, so we are trying to keep those chlorine levels up for all those pools that have high cyanuric acid, especially for the customers who aren't draining their pools. If they know the LSI and they're using the LSI, they are taking it into consideration um, because they're balancing with the LSI. So they have to be... Um, you know, they have to at least know that it is a factor. Um, I think the issue is people not knowing what the LSI is and not knowing what the chemistry, the different aspects of the chemistry are and how they're important. And just throwing chemicals at things is where the issue lies. So we prefer to keep our cyanuric acid levels on startup at maybe 30 you know, depending on the season, you know, if it's the winter, I want to almost have nothing in there um, at that point. But in the summer, we try to get them at 30. We know that we're probably going to struggle holding chlorine a little bit, but we understand that and we're okay with that. Uh, but 30 to 50 is startup. Um, and then sometimes the salt pools will go anywhere from 50 to 80 on those. The sun is fairly brutal here. Um, we really only have about maybe three months out of the year that it really actually gets, you know, cooler. The sun isn't just beating on us so hard. So as far as the importance of cyanuric acid in our area, it's very important. I mean, it's important anywhere. Everybody needs to understand exactly what cyanuric acid does and what its uses are in order to really know where their level should be, the importance of it. They need to know how to balance their LSI. There's a lot of different factors that go into it. The, the sun and, and we're, you know, in our area is not the only, you know, importance in the way that I look at it. All right. So let's get back to this really quick. So the way he created the artificial urea was he treated silver cyanate with ammonium chloride. Boom. Fake piss. Right? <laughs> so then he heats it up. I don't know if he had a Bunsen burner or like or Andrea said he's walking around with a little torch. In either case, when he a heats the stuff, when the stuff heat degrades, he gets two different products out of it. He gets cyanuric acid and then he gets melamine. That we make plates out of. And Mr. Clean Magic Erasers. Yes. What? That's what your cyanuric acid test solution is, melamine. So if you have cyanuric acid in the water, when you add the melamine, that half a vial of melamine to the cyanuric acid solution, 
what you end up with is melamine cyanurate, which is a new compound, which is completely insoluble in water. So you're actually bringing two old friends back together again. It's kind of like cowpiss.com, right? You get the <laughs> cyanuric acid and <laughs> the melamine, and that's that product there. And that's what makes the water cloudy. So the higher the level of cyanuric acid, the cloudier that water in that sample. Shout out to me. Uh, if you want more details on this, I wrote an article that was, well, I... I was featured in an article on Pool and Spa News that talks about just that. And I have a magic eraser sponge in a jar of water that's been soaking since like 2018. And I can use that as my test reagent for cyanuric acid. So that much melamine has leached from the sponge and into the water? Really? Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. I mean, it's been soaking for, you know. Three years. So. Well, that's what led up to the perfection. <laughs> that was prior to perfection, wasn't it? So, yes, it was. All right. So, you know, here's the big thing. Right now, there's an energy crisis going across Europe, and that's why I wanted to gather all of us here to talk about this a little bit. There's a huge energy crisis. Gas prices are going through the roof, which has forced a continent-wide shutdown of urea plants. The plants that manufacture this urea, they're closing them all down to save on energy across that continent. That's a problem because right now, urea is at the highest price it has ever been from European manufacturers. Now, I need you guys to understand, we are not the big consumer of urea. The manufacturer of cyanuric acid from urea, that's small potatoes for these folks. What they want is the farmers because that is their fertilizer. So that's mostly what urea goes out for. So this energy crisis has also crept its way into China. And this is where it gets really scary because the factories in China said, we're not going to export any. We're going to keep what we manufacture for ourselves, being that there's a shortage, because we need to ship it to our farms. That means that it's not coming here or being used for things that would be coming here. Now, anybody familiar with what a metric ton is? A shitload? It's it, well, actually, it's it's a little bit more than a U.S. ton, but a hair less than a shit ton. So the United States imports. You ready for the number? Two million nine hundred fifty-seven thousand seven hundred sixty-five point seven two metric tons of urea each year. That's from a lot Asia. of hot piss. Well, that's a lot. It's a lot of urea, but and we're bringing it into this market. And again, keep in mind that's not fruit of the manufacturer of cyanuric acid. That's for fertilizer as well, and every other product that we use urea for. It's going to affect us in a lot of different ways. The United States is actually one of the top five importers of this product in the entire world. Now, here's where it affects us. I'm going to give you guys a number. BioLab. We know they're the big trichlor maker in the country. We are well aware of that in 2020 that they had a major impact, right? Because when you took them away, look what happened. Shit show. BioLab was importing 62,142,000 pounds of cyanuric acid prior to Laura hitting in 2020. So what is that? August is the eighth month. So in eight months, that's a lot of cyanuric acid that we're not going to be getting. My pools don't like it. I'm pretty aware of a cyanuric acid shortage. Uh, we've been prepping for that. Uh, my team kind of understands um, actually just a couple of days ago. That's that's our big talk, trying to figure out what do we do in the future? So we're, we're looking into liquid uh, feeders, salt systems, uh, cow hypo feeders, 
um, and then just stocking up on certain chemicals for those customers that we need to protect. Um, and then if, if they aren't willing to have us stock up for them, we want them to stock up for themselves. I knew it was going to happen. It's a trickle-down effect, and it's it's probably going to become a cycle that we're going to get looped into if we can't come up with a solution to stop the cycle. Um, when it started, you know, as far as the tabs went, you know, the tab shortage, I knew that the next thing was going to be shock. And then ultimately after that, it was going to be cyanaric. Um, it, the, there, there was no doubt in my mind that it was going to trickle down from one to the other. My issue was there never should have been a tab shortage in the first place, especially in our industry. Um, I truly feel that anybody who is in this profession should know how to properly balance the LSI and should know how to monitor a pool on a weekly basis without using a tablet. So I feel that that shortage never should have happened in the first place. You guys have both been in the industry. Andrea's laughing because usually she's the only one who who talks through me talking. <laughs> who interrupts you. Yes. But... <laughs> <laughs> There's another girl in the room. <laughs> um, well, there's another bald guy, so it's evenly matched. So we're all right. There's uh, you guys have both been in the industry for a while. You're both in different parts of the country. You are both. Everybody here is in a part of the country where UV rays from the sun are a big deal. There's a shortage looming. It's not looming. It's here for me. It's here for Andrea. Oh, and yes. it's looming for the rest of us. I haven't had, I haven't been able to get stabilizer from distribution in like probably two months already. And then when I ask, they say that it will be, they'll have it by the end of the year. And I'm like, it's the end of the year. And he's like, no, no, no. Closer to the end of the year. Like Christmas? Like December. Well, here's what we need to do. We need to get Mike to fill jugs from his pools and send them this way. Because apparently Mike's got plenty in his pools. <laughs> is there cyanuric acid available in your markets now? Andrea has none. She's in South Florida. How are we holding up in South Carolina? It's kind of like I had to wait at least, I don't know, maybe a week, two weeks on a shipment of like probably 600 pounders, which has never happened before. I've never had to wait on a shipment before. No cyanuric acid in South Florida at all. Limited supply in South Carolina. Way too much in Arizona. Way too much in Mike's <laughs> pools. But yeah, but what about in the in the distribution centers? Mike, I'm sorry. Did you say dilution or did you say Andrea has a lot of delusion? <laughs> he said it's the solution. Hey, there you go. It's the solution. You know, I'm more worried about the guys who aren't looking right now and being prepared. You know, what are they going to do when, um, you know, a year from now or six months from now, they don't have trichlor. They don't have whatever it may be to, you know, sanitize their body of water. What do they do? Do they go out to different companies? Do they go shop at a retail store to, um, you know, to, to grab some of the tabs over there? Are they going to close their business down? Are they going to give up? Um, I don't know if a lot of people are aware of that and understand, you know, if they're not prepared, they're going to be in trouble. I'm not a fan of trichlor. Um, I think that it's it's misunderstood and it's way too often abused um, that I think people should understand exactly what the tri and trichlor is. 
um, before they just start adding it to their pool because I come across too many pools that are highly, highly corrosive because their pH is so low, their cyanuric is so high, and it's just destroying the surface. It's destroying their gaskets, all of the internal components of the equipment. Everything's just being broken down and torn to shreds because they just didn't know any better and just kept throwing trichlor at it. So our top end, if you guys remember, it used to be 100 parts per million cyanuric acid level. Then somebody said, hey, wait a minute. How do they know if it's really 100, not 110? And they said, you know what? You're right. Let's go with 90. So a year ago, when we were looking at the model aquatic health, one of the things they were talking about was the possibility of raising the allowed cyanuric acid level, but it would be dependent upon a specific technician's ability to run a successful dilution test. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is why it's still 90. But, yeah. But you should still get those levels down. Kristen, what, are, what cyanuric acid levels do you run in your pools? I keep my pools between, I mean, depending on the pool and, you know, the situation, I keep them between like a 30 and a 50. Uh, I used to run 60. I find that 40 to 50 is sufficient, usually. I like to run a little bit, like 50. Like I said, uh, we get a lot of rain. The issue with us is sand filters. I'm trying to knock out sand filters in this area. And if I've got to put TNT in them and ex had them explode, I will. But I hate sand filters. The pool still has this. Yeah, I hate sand filters. But me too. That's usually. What do you want to replace them with? DE, if I if they're willing to put a DE filter in there. But if I could put a cartridge filter in, anything but sand, anything but sand. Okay. The West Coast is going to lose their mind when they hear you say that. Well, get over it. They need to. They need to study filtration. <laughs> <laughs> it only picks up what your the particles that your eye can see. For one, it doesn't. As far as what, it only picks up what the sand can grab, then it's the backwashing and the dumping of the chemicals. I spend a lot of money on those and I don't want to dump them out. I like keeping the chemicals in the water. What's your thought, Rudy, on the alum? Might be a little bit biased here, but I like it. <laughs> I think it's. I know. And I did it and it, it dropped. I couldn't believe it. It was amazing. It was amazing what it did. Kristen is referring to Rudy's discovery that aluminum sulfate, when used in the right dose, will lower cyanuric acid in swimming pools. So going forward, looking at the shortages and basically the effects on the industry, I think a lot of people are going to go, okay, trichlor and cyanuric acid products aren't available, so I'm going to have to figure something out. So I think automation is going to be a big thing as far as liquid feeders, salt systems. Um, they're really going to take over the industry because there will be no other choice. So they'll have to figure out some way of sanitizing pools. The best advice that I would give is probably to not go on the internet, to go to the resources in our industry that are out there for us. Um, I found that the, the internet and a lot of the information that's out there is is false. There's not very good information out there unless you go to the resources in our industry. Um, and it's, it's so readily available right now. And it's so right now is the point in time and the opportunity to educate yourself, learn why, I mean, figure out why you're in this profession to begin with. If you truly belong here and you have a passion for this, you need to educate yourself in it. You need to understand all aspects of it and, you know, and then you'll thrive. But if you're not supposed to be here, 
you don't belong here. Get out. You know, it's, I mean, it sounds harsh, but it's the truth, you know, like running around throwing tabs in every pool is only adding to our problem. You know, just educate yourself, use the resources that are available to you. They're being put out there. And right now, (laughs) this was the best opportunity in the world for me because I was able to get all of the education that I deeply desired in webinars and online classes. And it was like, I don't have to travel. I don't have to pay for a hotel. I don't have to, you know, do any, I'm going to knock out every certification I possibly can. And I did. And, you know, why not? You know, if you're going to do something, do it right. That tracks. <laughs> that tracks. And, you know, this isn't a phosphate conversation. And I don't want to turn it into one, but one of the, I've never been a person that's like, you know, you have to get rid of them. If they're there and you can take care of the pool, that's great. If it's a problem, then get rid of them. So I have this problem pool has like a 2000 part per billion phosphate level. And I want to treat the pool for phosphates. The guy comes out. He goes, well, you know, I'm a, a scientist over at UF and that's what I study is phosphates. I'm not like, what are you doing? A f- an experiment in your pool? It's like, no, he wants to keep them there. He said, don't worry, I'll get rid of them. Well, I ended up walking on that one because he never got rid of them. But anyway, <sighs> sometimes the people who instruct and tutor are some of the worst, like me, right, Andrea? Absolutely not. <laughs> I it was not heavy handed with specialty chemicals. If there was a need for it, I put it in. Outside of that, it was mostly chlorine pH, alkalinity adjusters, of course, Calcium hardness, all this. I mean, I had everything in balance, but I would really only add those things if it was necessary. Phosphate removers weren't a thing my first decade in the pool industry. I never even heard of them. And I didn't, haven't needed it for the past 10 years. Why put it in now? But I'm more of a fan of phosphates aren't a problem until they're a problem. And if you do remove them from water, it's like insurance. Now, not talking about the levels you, you're dealing with, Kristen. I'm talking about half that, if that, above and beyond. But yeah, but that's the thing. So I wasn't like, I, I just didn't add a lot of those things. But with this shortage, this chlorine catastrophe, now, you know, compounded by the, the loss of cyanuric acid that's about to happen. It's happening. These are the things that are going to enable you to use lower amounts of chlorine and stretch the supply that you have. Whether you believe in phosphates or not, you know you'll use less chlorine if you get rid of them. I think everybody can agree on that. So get them gone, right? Get get rid of them. Why deal with it? Or at least lowered a bit. You know what I'm saying. The same thing. Algicides. I do. You mentioned pool RX, whether it's that, some other copper sulfate, some, what's your favorite word again? Polyquats. <laughs> but adding. Polyquats. Yeah, you can sing polyquat to the tune of lollipop. That's what I do when I add it to the pool and sing the song. All of those (laughs) things will also enable you to use lower amounts of chlorine. The same thing with enzymes. Well, I love an enzyme because they break down everything that's non, uh, the the non-living. I always want to say non-organic, but that's not, it's non-living stuff. It's all the, yeah, it's all the oils and stuff. So for me, commercial pools, enzymes are like, I can't live without them because I get 95 old people with all their blue hair lotions and what have Her you. Pools, yes. Have you ever seen the movie cocoon? That's what it looks like when she shows up at a pool. <laughs> oh God! No, I have like a black, 
I have a black film that's like an inch thick on the inside of my filter tanks. It's disgusting. And then I get the, then they, then they complain about the black line on the tile. And I'm like, you guys got to shower. And then they don't, you know, whatever. It's a big thing. Don't, Enzymes. Tell, don't tell me to shower, young lady. <laughs> <laughs> when I was back in the day. Oh my God. <laughs> It's a nightmare to deal with all these right. residents. But yeah, but all of this there. is going to be compounded by the shortage of cyanuric acid that's going to, and I don't know what you guys are hearing in the field. I'm telling you, they're cut. They're cutting off the supply of urea, and that's going to eliminate. That's how we make cyanuric acid. So if there's no urea, there's no cyanuric acid. If there's no cyanuric acid, there's no trichlor. So because of shortages and because of basically today's climate, we have uh, raised our prices uh, across the board. All of our pools, $20. Um, we also are a, uh, we're a company where we charge for service and for the chemicals on top of that. So I would say all of our chemicals have went up 50% too. Uh, we've had a lot of pushback on, I would say, 10 15% of our customers, which is a lot of calls. Um, some of them have canceled. Um, and we get that. And uh, some are really unhappy about it. You know, I always get, well, you know, I don't use my pool, you know, and I go, I understand that. But, you know, it is a water feature that has to be sanitized and you don't want it to be green. Um, so we're getting a lot of pushback. Um, but a lot of our other customers understand. I mean, they're seeing prices go up on every single thing. So what's the deal with pool service and, and chlorine? Of course, it's going to go up as well. The pricing, I've had one increase. I'm about to have to be forced into another one. Um, my customers understand the importance of my service. I educate my customers very well. I explain everything to them. And they've seen the price increases. And they've seen you know what goes across the board. One of the things that the manufacturers did help a lot with was sending out those letters that explained the price increases on their end because I pass those along to my customers and I let my customers actually see where our price increases are coming from. So they truly understand that this isn't just something I'm making up. You know, the gas prices have gone up, yes, but our prices, you know, in other areas have gone up as well. It's not just gas, you know, and, and everybody talks about, you know, it, it was almost a year later after, you know, you and I had had the discussion when I was getting certified about, you know, the, the tab shortage that a friend of mine called me up and was like, did you hear there was going to be a tab shortage? <laughs> you know, it, it was almost a year later. So by the time it, it even gets to the customers, it's already old news. And, you know, trying to keep them, you know, up with what's actually happening and going on is just something that I try to do the best that I can. There's a lot of customers. There's a lot of them out there. So it's hard to, you know, reach out to everybody. But I do the best that I can to make sure that they stay up to date with everything that's going on. So they understand if there is an increase. The next problem coming. We've heard some possible solutions. We've heard what you guys do to handle it. And then, of course, again, you know, congratulations to both of you on that is that is a huge accomplishment. It's a nice feather in your cap. I mean, it's still going to come up from time to time. It gives you guys a better resume. That's for sure. Gives you a little bit more weight in the industry. You're going to go through, you know, a couple of months of celebrity status, right? Yeah, they put you on the back of Aqua. There you go. And, so, and on the front of service industry, or at least. Yeah. Congrats to both of you. It's pretty badass. So It's super fun. Like I, I said from before, I said the most congratulations. Anyway, congratulations.
I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 